Can you tell a joke and make us laugh, and then we'll see what the levels are like? It has to be funny, though. All right. Um, why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. Why? To get to the idiot's house. Knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken. Ha! <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. How long have you kept that in your back pocket? <laughs> Sterling's like, the one time they, they asked me to tell a good joke, I'm going to pull ready. this one out. Hey everyone, welcome to Player vs. Plot, the podcast where we take video game stories seriously. I'm Sterling. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And this week, we'll be talking about Doki Doki Literature Club. Doki Doki. It's a free game on Steam. Yeah. Which takes, what, three hours? Five hours if you're reading it out loud. Yeah. Yeah, and read it with fun accents too for everybody. So if you are interested in playing it, um, it is possible to just run through it real quick before you listen to the podcast. But at, if you don't, we will summarize it for at you. At the great cost of free. Yeah. yeah. In fact, my favorite price. And if you decide to trudge on anyways, we're going to spoil it. Because there are some twists and turns in this game. So I think I think it's fair to say we're going to kind of talk about it as though we were in the moment of playing the game up until we get to the twist. Right. Then the floodgates will open. So maybe if, you, if you're if you interested, you can just keep listening and then we'll tell you when we're going to spoil the big one that everyone talks about. Yeah. Right? So, so on its surface, this is a four anime girls pick your best waifu yeah. anime Yeah. Doki, Doki Doki Literature Club is a visual novel game. So... Visual novel games, for those of you that don't know what they are, are essentially a choose-your-own-adventure book for the modern day, where you get to essentially try and get whatever you want. Most of them are catered towards uh, like a harem fantasy type of thing. Towards weebs. <laughs> okay. I take a I say that. Well, I say that as a huge anime fan. <laughs> right. Well... Anyways, you cater to trying to romance the best girl, in your opinion, Monica. so that... Well, we don't even know who the girls are yet, so... Yeah, we're you guys can just tune out when we talk about any girl that's not Monica, because yeah. I'm telling you, Monica's the best girl. But a lot of these visual novels like to play off of anime tropes and manga tropes and have the fun high school, like, whoa, what's happening? And you know, okay. actually, I will say, though, that, it, that this game is not necessarily the first one to get real weird or, like, take itself seriously, because... I know that they these kinds of games started where you're just trying to date girls like and end up with one of them, but I'm pretty sure some of them have like the the stories have become so popular that they just kind of got rid of like the dating sim elements and now they're like anime and stuff. Like mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure Fate Stay Night, which that I know is a fighting the- game. Yeah, it started That's... as a fighting game and then it became no, or it, it started a as a novel, novel and it then a, it became like a... an anime. I think it was like a pornographic Yeah, it was a dirty, novel. dirty visual novel, I think. And then they took out all the porn, and people were like, I still like it. <laughs> and then it became like a TV show or something. So there, there, this is like a long line now of, of games that do take themselves seriously, yeah. have a normal story. But Doki Doki Literature Club seems to be playing off of like what we think of as the traditional visual like the novel. stereotypical yeah visual told novel. primarily through text with some visual cues um, and 
it's also animated in a way that's reminiscent of anime and manga Okay, as well. brief aside, what are your guys' favorite anime trope and or, like, cliche anime girl? Like, you go into this hmm. game, you're like, this is what I'm going to target. The moment this box oh, gets checked. Man. The tsundere. Me too. Oh. I, well, so the way I played <laughs> the game, I was like, I'm just going to write the poem I would write. Because, spoilers, guys, this, this game, you do have to, like, click words that would you would put into your poetry to submit to this club. We'll get into that in a second. But um, I just picked whatever words I would put in a poem. And they all appeal to the moody, uh, melodramatic, yeah. um, nerdy, socially right. inept... So, this is like, wow, this is this just is me? my type? Is this what this game thinks I am? <laughs> right. Meanwhile, your wife is like, that's that's your choice? <laughs> I know, I think she was like, yeah, I can see why you'd pick that. <laughs> Anyways, the majority of this game, all of your choices are done through choosing words. The word selection you're going to make for your own poetry. And those words that you choose are indicative of which girl you're going to end up leaning towards. Yeah, do you want to introduce the girls? I will in a second. I was just going to say that essentially you are, how close you've gotten to a girl is reflected through your poetry and their poetry also reflects their opinion of you. Just like real life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I mean, again, if that was all this game was offering, we probably wouldn't be talking about it right now. You play as a high schooler just a nerd, really. Doesn't want to do anything. Doesn't have any extracurricular activities. And I would say he's not a nerd. I think I think he is. He, no, he, he doesn't have any extracurricular activities. He starts the, well, they, when he starts the game out, they're like, are you going to join a club? And he's like, I guess I have no choice but to join the anime club. Yeah. That that's all I dork, got going on. I guess. Yeah, you say a, a nerd, and I'm like, he's got eight different clubs and extracurriculars, and he's on that's, the you know what? That's a good question, because so. if this were Japan, right... I would be less sure of, I guess I wouldn't know like what that's saying about him because mm -hmm. I might think, oh, it's just an average kid with nothing going on maybe, but it's this is written by like an American dude about Japan, so I wonder what his, Intention. what that portrayal means to him. Yeah, that's a good what point. What it's supposed to mean to us. All right, I'll take it, nerd. Keep going. Yeah, he's just a do-nothing lay layabout. He stays at home. Doesn't do anything after school, doesn't hang out with people, he just reads his comics and manga. But he has his neighborhood girl, Sayori, who is always upbeat and cheerful and trying to make him step out of his boundaries. Quick word picture. She is, I guess, supposed to be delightfully scatterbrained and doesn't pay a lot of attention and wakes up late all the time and she's your like average girl next door little red yeah, bow but not the door. super cutesy cutesy i think i feel like they're almost like types of relationships you have so sayori is like this person like obviously presented as you have to take care of her mm. she's almost like a little sister figure because she like it's i got the feeling she would forget to put shoes on if you weren't there to remind her, there's like a scene where you have to button her clothes up for her. So the game starts with you meeting Sayori, your neighbor, yep. getting ready for school. And Sayori is trying to convince you to join the club that she's the vice president of this year. The Literature Club. <laughs> Doki Doki. Doki Doki. Which, wait, Baku, can we... Baku. Doki Doki is... Doki Doki is just an onomatopoeia for a heartbeat. In so Japanese. It's, yes, it's supposed to be representative of like the quickened pace of your heart when you feel good emotions relating to love. Cute. So it's like, Doki Doki, like, oh, my heart's beating so hard because everybody in here is so pretty. <laughs> mm -hmm. Something so you, like that. Sayori's like, 
hey, lazy layabout, what if you joined my club? Ironic that she criticizes you for being a layabout. <laughs> oh, no, I just remembered what happens later. <laughs> I'm too I'm too much in the in the, in the beginning of the game, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, Sayuri's like, I'm gonna come to my club and you need to do something. Get into college or something. You need to have something on your, your resume or your mm-hmm. credentials or whatever they're called. Um, yeah, and then I think there's a moment, this is what we were, I was talking about before, where your character is like, I guess I should join a club, but I don't know which one. I guess I'll have to default to anime club. <laughs> but you don't. You does. Because Sayori finds you after school, and right before you could go to a club that you'd actually like to go to... Anime. Yeah. She steals you away, shanghais you away to uh, um, the literature club. And you walk in, and bam! Three gorgeous... Children. Well, <laughs> one of them is. You can't paint it like that. You're also a child in yeah. this. You're a, you're an three seventeen gorgeous women. Women, fine. You know what? Yuri's a woman, guys. So is Monica. So is not Natsuki. <laughs> no, <laughs> not Natsuki. even the game is very clear that Natsuki is a child. But anyways, um, just a brief description of the three other girls that you now see in there. We've already inter- met Sayori, but now we also have been introduced to Natsuki, a short pink-haired girl with uh, a tsundere attitude. No. Yeah, she's... Yeah, pretty. she is. Really? Yeah, she's like a Sour Patch she's Kid. She's really... She's an asshole Yeah, she's you. a Sour Patch she's Kid. She's so cutesy. It's like the worst kind of tsundere. First they're sour, then you're sweet. Right. And she is very abrasive at the beginning, but if you get close to her, she becomes very sweet. You know what, Lindsay? Afterward, we'll watch that video of the people going into the Tsundere Cafe, and you'll, oh, see, you'll see what okay. like a, 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 the stereotype of that looks okay. like. And Tsundere, doesn't that mean just like mean nice in Japanese? I think Tsun means like being really... No, no. Tsun means like being cold to somebody, mm-hmm. and Dere Dere means like being really affectionate. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. So it's a, you know, a tart sweet instead of a sweet tart. Yeah. Right. So Natsuki is essentially the childish, overly blonde, sundere, pink-haired girl. She mm. bakes cupcakes. Yeah. She just loves things that are cute and rainbows. And also manga. Yeah. So things that yeah. are considered childish, essentially. And, and she's got a very direct, blunt, like, poetry style. Right, and it's my favorite kind of poetry. I think she writes the best poems, but that's opinion. So um, we've next got Yuri, who's the purple-haired, overly analytical, obsessive, and shy girl who likes complexity. She would be Sabrina. Yeah, for sure. She's the ghost lady. She's got long purple hair, too. I think think the fact that Yuri's hair is longer worked in her favor. Apparently, I ranked the girls in this game based on hair length. I think you literally did. Yeah. (laughs) We watched you play the entire thing, so... <laughs> At first I thought it was a joke, but it turned out to be totally true. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one is Monica, the president of the literature club. A.K.A. best girl. She has auburn hair, green eyes, she's good at everything, popular, a good leader. The longest hair. Long hair? Yeah. Exactly. No, it's... Yuri's is slightly longer, no, I think. Monica's in a ponytail. Oh, okay. Trust me, I know hair. It's fine. But anyways, for the beginning of the game... You're essentially on train tracks. You're just going forward. You're listening to the literature club grow and get to feel for what kind of people these 
uh, mm-hmm. your, your club mates are. But it kind of drags sometimes, too, at this point. Well, so, yeah, let me, just to, real quick, this the structure of the game for, like, the first third? Three days, half, yeah. Is you have, like, the meet-cutes, and you have, like, you these conversations with the girls. You go home, you write a poem, you come back, you show your poem to each girl, they talk about it, some kind of drama develops in during the day. Well, not really a lot of drama, but... Cliche rom com. The plot advances a little bit towards there being a festival after the weekend. And you kind of repeat this three days in a row. Then you have a weekend event and then you have the day of the festival. And you can gear your poems towards a certain girl. Right. Um, Anyways, uh, as I was saying, the gameplay is essentially you don't have many choices until you get to the poem. Uh, and when you do, you get to select words from a list that you want to include in your poem. Mm-hmm. And each type of word appeals to a different girl, except for Monica. She's not an option. Yeah, nothing will appeal to Monica. It was very, no, not like nothing will appear. It's like she's not an option, right? Because you yeah. have the three little like chibi animations. Yes, yeah, so you see um, a list of words. You see their like little representations. But Monica doesn't get a representation She does there. not. So they, they will jump up when you click a word that appeals to them. But Right. For her. And I, I really enjoyed this because... I didn't because uh, well, I couldn't cater to Monica. Look, I... I the the developer of the game when he was making this he initially wasn't going to make this game what he uh what it actually ended up becoming so was it originally supposed to be like it a was straight a, man it was originally just supposed to be a visual novel but then he had an idea which changed the entirety of the game i'm kind of interested to see what his original idea would have been well, maybe think... we should touch on that after we finish yeah. this story yeah. all right well anyways so you're Going through the first five days, um, in the first three days, the game lets you cozy up to whichever girl you think is cutest, and while you do so, you get to uncover the flaws that define them through their poetry. So I cozied up kind of inevitably to Yuri, because, you know, our poetry is the same. (laughs) Yeah, I did too, because number one, with Monica off the table, Yuri had the longest hair. Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, a fair point. And then the other options were Natsuke, who's really uncomfortably underage. Like, the other girls are probably underage, too. Well, the, the game but makes you can it pretend, Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can be like, no, they're like 18. It's like when I watched Sailor Moon recently, and I was like, oh, yeah. they're young. And You're in like, my brain, I was just when like, you, Well, you know, 18. when you watch the original Sailor Moon, I feel like they make it clear she's like 14. Yes, and she's new... dating a college guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's Whoa, weird. yeah. In the new one, who's wearing like a tuxedo to make him look even older. Yes. In the new one, though, it's like impossible to tell how old anybody is. I didn't watch the new one. I only watched the first episode. But But I have opinions. So so that's like how I felt with this. I looked at Natsuke and I'm like, oh, I know this isn't real, but even a game, like that's, I don't want to do that. And Mm -hmm. then Sayori was just like a little too extra hyper hyper fun and i was like well i guess i'm defaulting to yuri so here's a question though so in most visual novel games right it's very i think it's very clear um that you make an affirmative decision to go after someone and hang out with them mm-hmm. like i think like in in tokimaki memorial like that's like one of the old dating simulator games okay. it would I, it would ask you like who do you want to go invite on a date or something like that but in this game it starts just with you Picking poetry. How did you guys feel about that? Because I kind of liked that. I liked it because it felt like you had to understand them. It reminded me of in other 
RPGs where you have to give a gift to other characters to improve your relationship? Oh, with yeah, them? Dead or Alive. <laughs> I just Wait, never what? played that. <laughs> oh, it's just the volleyball games where you're trying to oh. befriend people. Oh, I was thinking, you know, Dragon Age Origins, but. Uh, you know, we have our own. Or Harvest, <laughs> Har- you know what Harvest Moon? Like, yes. Yeah. There's all this this town full of people, yes. and you're like, this girl likes carrots. So you have to learn about the character, <laughs> huh. and then examine the items, and say, oh, this item would probably work well with that character. You don't know for sure, but you can mm-hmm. kind of like infer. But but your but like the important distinction though is that the the kind of gameplay loop there is that you think you look at this girl that you want to date, and you're like, what would she like? And the the play there becomes guessing that. Which for Yuri, the words were like... I mean, it's obvious with the poetry for sure, but... Dark. You could theoretically go in the opposite direction and be like, I'm just going to pick words and let the game decide who I'm choosing. Which is what you did. Yeah. <laughs> just being Yuri anyway. <laughs> um, did anyone pick anyone other than Yuri? I feel like we have a, a lack of research no. going here. Uh, no, I ended up in Yuri's boat as well, <laughs> but I did look into Anatsuki a little bit. Now, is it, was that through the poetry or did you end up with her regardless of what poetry you did? Cause I don't actually know. Um, I, I was, again, I originally, when I walked into the club, I was like, I want Monica as well. She's the best girl. Um, she's just my, like, you know. So you went with your second choice. Well, my sec, my only choice that really was. I was allowed. Well, couldn't you appeal you to mean? Sayori? I could appeal to Sayori, but she was more like, you know, my friend. I didn't oh. oh, she was friend zoned. I didn't pick Sayori because I felt like she was me. <laughs> uh, let me put that in context. <laughs> wow, let's unbox at that. At that point in the game, I felt <laughs> like she was me. And then at the end, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I need to figure out what's going on in my life. So those are the girls. You romance in them. And it's, you know... Yeah, I, I think that we could delve into a little bit of each of their poems a bit. Um, like, not, like, what the content is, because that would take a while, but... Um, their style. Their style. Like, Sayori ends up... You, you end up discovering that she feels that she enjoys bittersweet type of imagery yeah. and bittersweet things. And that kind of goes surprises you in the game, because she seems overly bubbly and happy all the time. And through her poetry, especially the poem Bottles, um, where she is essentially saying that she keeps on taking her thoughts and bottling them up and putting them on a shelf where like people can look at them and be like, oh, yeah, they're so pretty. But all the bottles that are left in her head are the ones that feel And, and doesn't she bad. say at the end of the poem she tries to give the bottles to other people, but they fall and break or something? And like she's that. left with nothing. That was a good poem. Also kind of, I kind of liked that like it's an earnest exploration of how poetry can communicate something to you about a character you don't otherwise get to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which... Uh, I actually haven't seen a game do that before. Like, I have haven't... a game create art for you to look at and understand the character yeah. as a result of that. You say I haven't had a game where there's a ton of poetry before. So anyways, through Sayori's poems, you come to realize that she is struggling with depression. And it... Do, I mean, do you, though? I think so. Oh, so are, do you think we're jumping too far ahead? No, I don't think so. Because I think that through each of the other pre- other people's poems you can glean what is affecting their life i didn't i like that because that actually took me by surprise so i didn't I don't know what think, that says about me i didn't jump to depression 
Well, I just said, oh, she's struggling. Mm -hmm. And I think those are two different things. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think all of the kids in Doki Doki Literature Club are struggling. Well, in fact, if if I thought one of them was depressed, it was Yuri. Because all of her words, like words you can pick for her include like melancholy, suicide. So, okay, uh, that's really interesting because I was caught off guard by Sayori telling you she's depressed. That happens, so for the audience, that happens on the weekend. So that's almost like what you think is about to be the climax of the game. Because you get to spend time one-on-one with one of your girls. You get to choose. And if you choose Monica, they make you unchoose her. Very frustrating. Before we jump to that, though, you guys all saw the same scene with Yuri, right? Oh, yeah. You get romance scenes. You get romance scenes with a girl whose poetry matches yours. And they play out in front of everybody. It's super awkward. And you're like, in mine, you, you read a book with Yuri... And you feed each other chocolates? No, you feed the, Yuri chocolates. Yes. Sitting on the floor of the classroom. Yeah. In front of everyone's just sitting in the classroom like, the fuck are they doing? And the other like, thing- guys, we're right here. You just put your finger in her mouth. Like, that's <laughs> real weird. The other thing that's happening at this point is it's clear that all of the girls, except maybe Monica, mm-hmm. but it's clear that the th- three girls that you can choose from are all into you. And mm. there's tension rising between them As you get closer to one. So, like, for all of us, we were closer to Yuri. So there was tension between Natsuke, Sayori, and Yuri. Because they were kind of bickering over... You. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like Monika was aloof for the first couple days. Because she's like, oh, I was late. I was in study hall and practicing piano. And doing all sorts of things where she keeps on coming late to the class because she's so busy and popular. Mm -hmm. Um... And I think that that's interesting because when it comes to the day before the weekend, they're saying, hey, we're having like the festival for the school where we're going to try and get more members and try and attract people to join our club. Uh, You, Natsuki, you're going to bake cupcakes to try and get them in. Uh, You, Yuri, you're going to end up hanging decorations. Uh, I'm going to just prep some pamphlets and Sayori is also going to help me with that. Um, like your your main character, Lynn. Like, that was my main character, the one we all just watched. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also Natsuki kind of pushes back against this, right? Well, they say like, who do you want to help this weekend, mm-hmm. main character? And if you choose Monica, she's like, yeah, all right, finally some time to spend with the the main character. Mm-hmm. And Natsuki and Yuri are very opposed to this yeah. they're like you have such an easy job like i would like the help there's oh. kind of a passive aggressive like like subtle fight for your attention going on but what i meant with, with pushing back is that natsuki doesn't want new members in the group well and also at this point just to back it up a touch in uh-huh. my game sayori had left the room mm-hmm. in a huff i think that happened in mine too yeah it happened in all the first uh in okay. all your games uh sayori at so this she's time not even there is feeling a bit like quiet she's not as bubbly as usual and she's like i'm just not feeling well i'm gonna go home maybe take a nap um and you're like all right this isn't very like you but whatever and maybe it's because we were all schmoozing yuri and she had the hots for you that's a good point and then actually monica walks up to sayori and uh whispers something to her and Mm. then she goes home yeah Mm-hmm. I will also say, so at this point in the game, knowing I knew there was a twist, 
And I assumed it would be something, obviously, that would play on these cute, dateable girls. Mm -hmm. And judging from the shit that Yuri was writing and talking about, I was like, Yuri's like a vampire. Like, I thought that was the twist, was they were going to be like some monster club or like some like ritual club that Mm -hmm. was going to sacrifice me and, but they needed me to fall in love. Something like that. So to review for the audience, Natsuki, the tsundere, kind of upbeat. Cutie, cutie. Cutie, cutie, very blunt girl. Um, Yuri, the vampire, yep. uh, writes things with ghosts and violence, and she's very introverted, and you kind of help her come out of her shell is that whole story arc. Um, and I think I think when Natsuki was like letting people in or something, I didn't really I see much of hers. Natsuki yeah. and her poems? In her, well, in her like story arc with you for the first oh. part of the game, and then Sayuri, she's just getting sadder and sadder as it goes on. Yeah, and Monica, you don't really see her much. She Monica actually, this is a good thing to bring up. Um, almost every interaction you have with Monica, she's giving you advice on how to play the game. Yes. Yeah, and especially her poems. Her poems mm-hmm. are kind of uh, out there. Mm-hmm. The first one is interesting. It's like looking through a hole in the wall and seeing everything out and realizing that she's not looking at, uh, she's not looking in someplace, but actually looking out mm-hmm. and that she's the one that's trapped inside something. That's kind of like her thing and you're like well wonder what that is is that like about popularity is that like the struggles of you know having like a lot of well like in good intentions towards you in the world but still feeling kind of trapped regardless yeah i read it as being trapped in her role right the first i read it as her saying you know i'm the president i'm super popular you know i get all this stuff but in the end, it's all burdens placed on her, and she has to conform to it, right? And she doesn't and she's trapped move that by the world's burden. perceptions. And she doesn't move it to you. Like no. the other three girls, they all have some obvious problem. By Friday, you know what it is. You know what your role might be in like fixing it. In yes. air quotes. Um, so at this point, it's kind of following that routine of here's a person with this obvious problem. You fix it, and they will love you for it. Yeah, just like real life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's just easy fix. Right, a man how... comes in and helps you fix your problems. It's like and how a I woman falls in love. <laughs> they owe him their lives. It sounds like every '90s rom com. Yeah, that's how Sean met me. I haven't watched any '90s rom coms clearly. So you watched uh, French Kiss. That's true. We did do that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is the story of French Kiss. Too. And I've seen not another teen movie, which I feel like is watching all of the '90s rom coms. Yeah. How you... have you still not seen Ten Things I Hate About You? I just we watched that together. I Don't haven't. you we, dare! You start. watched Sterling and I watched. It I was together. not there. Well, anyways, also, you like Shakespeare? Yeah, Probably I like Shakespeare. Not... Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. Divergence. Anyways, the weekend comes. You hang out with one of the girls. Um, for me, I hung out with Yuri. Um, I guess we all hung out with Yuri. So our conversations with either Sayori or Natsuki are. Uh, who did you guys spend the weekend with? Yuri. Yuri. Oh, oh, I did Natsuki's. Oh. Because I was like, okay, I've spent so much time hanging out with Yuri. You're like, I'm going to make her one I more. Should, I should balance this out by hanging out with Natsuki. And I was very surprised by the results. All right, well, okay. why don't you go and then we'll talk about Yuri. So Natsuki is baking cupcakes and she comes over to your house. Now, no matter what you do, I'm pretty sure you go to Sayori's house on Sunday morning. Right. And that's when she reveals to you... It sounds like she's going to tell you uh, that she likes you. 
Right. Because she's upset that Yuri's going to... Yuri's coming yes. over to your apartment. Or Natsuki. Oh, sorry, Natsuki's coming over to your One of the other house. girls yeah. is coming to your apartment or your home. So you go to comfort her, and she's like, are you really going to make me say it? And I loved this part because it really sounds like it's building up to her just saying something like, oh, I, are you really going to make me say it? I've always loved you or something like that. What she says is... I've been dealing with depression my whole life and it gets real for a second. And I actually really liked how it was written. It's like, I would say this is like one of the first pieces of really realistic and direct dialogue in the game. That's not just about setting up a problem for you to solve. Although the character, your character will immediately jump into trying to solve it, which I also liked because <laughs> that is the character that's been built up. That's a character that exists in this kind of game. And you kind of temporarily comfort her, I think, right? I know you had the option. You I said no. No, 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 that's later. Uh, you try and comfort her, um, but you're just like, hey, it's okay, you know, I'm here. You're always my. Fr- you're always going to be my close friend, everything yeah. like that. Um, and she's like, you don't have to lie to me. Like, it's fine. Like, I- I'm struggling with depression. I really did like this portrayal of it. It seemed mm-hmm. very real. I thought this real. was what the game was about. Yeah, at this point, I'm Cause, like, oh. Because that would be a legit twist. Yes. I-, I thought at this point, like, okay, the whole trajectory of this game is it builds up you thinking like you have these girls you're going to solve their problems whoa actually here's a girl with a real problem that is difficult to describe and solve Mm -hmm. and now you're going to try and probably fail to like fix it with meet cute shit like like rom-com stuff yeah i mean so you know you go to your date after that well you were going to tell us what happens with natsuke natsuke oh okay so she comes to make cupcakes at your apart at your house? I don't know. Your parents' place. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. Um, and you make them and then you start like like messing with each other, like, you know, like like putting a cupcake like, on her face or something like, like that. Some cream cheese on her eye. Yeah. On her eye? Is that your move? At one point you like grab her hands because you guys are like rough housing and then like you there's like some cupcake on her face and this is after like you just talked to your childhood friend about her depression and she definitely also tells you that she likes you and all this stuff yeah and i also want to put again point out i just like was putting chocolate in yuri's mouth like the day before (laughs) yeah i've been spending almost no time with natsuki and then my character just goes up and licks natsuki's face oh he just licks the cupcake off her face that's weird and then she's like what that's never okay actually (laughs) and then she's like whoa that's weird i don't know about how i feel about people liking me or something like that oh wait she doesn't know how she feels about people liking her or something like because at that point i would be like i don't know how i feel about people licking me Um, it's a letter away she does not actually comment on that it does get like maybe slightly awkward but it builds up into this thing where she's like i don't know guys probably don't like my body type and then the guy Mm -hmm. the the main character says no trust me there's a lot of people who like your body type wow and then she's like that's creepy and i'm like i don't know what this game is saying anymore i feel complicit in some crime (laughs) and then uh she's about to leave your house and the main character is like i'm no i'm gonna take this step like he acts like i've been talking to her and like hanging out with her the whole time which i wonder if they just didn't have two different scripts maybe i don't know what what it was but the main character definitely just like jumps out and hugs her or something and like he makes some affirmative statement right about wanting to date her and then of course that's when sayori walks up mm. on both of you so then go back what's going on with yuri? so in yuri yuri comes over to try and make some banners and you go in and uh She's, Lysine, 
lasted forever. Yeah. I don't think anything happened. No, no, no. Some weird things happened. Yeah, I'm going to break that illusion. I watched you guys play <laughs> Yuri, and I was like, this is like three times as long as the one with Natsuki. So essentially what happens is she talks about um, writing some nice verses on uh, some banners, trying to get people interested in literature that way. And she takes some of the paper and she's like, oh, we need to cut it and pulls out her super nice knife there. Oh, yeah. And you're like, whoa. And she's like, yeah, it's like just it means a lot to me. And you start to think about maybe her first poem that she yeah, showed you about the motif. raccoon, yeah. about how she kept on cutting off slices of bread and feeding it to a raccoon and how it was getting like like some sort of visceral pleasure from her. When she's like, so at this point, I was cutting the bread, doubly and... sure that she was going to murder me, and that was the twist. So then Yuri hands you the knife and says, "Here, you can cut some of these banners to make them appropriate size." Which sounds like a really inconvenient way to cut banners with like a giant butcher knife. I was, it's not a giant butcher knife; it's more of like a pocket knife. But still, I agree with your thought because <laughs> I would much rather have scissors. <laughs> um, and anyways. Just like we thought pocket knives would be a terrible way to cut all this, your character ends up cutting his finger open with it. And you're like, oh, and she starts freaking out like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. Like, why didn't I bring scissors? Like, I remember this part now. And she ends up like, and you're like, oh, it's fine. It's nothing. See? And then she sucks on your finger. Do you think that this moment and the licking Natsuki's face moment are supposed to feel like natural escalations for this kind of game I, think I honestly don't know that i think it's probably i i would imagine it's meant to increase the feeling of discomfort okay that's what i was wondering too i'm like is it is this supposed to be like the point where you're like oh this didn't this escalated in a creepy way not the way i expected it to yeah okay. i think it's it's pushing the surrealism okay plus again she licks my bloody finger and i'm like mm. so it's supposed to be exaggerated she's a vampire Oh. Because I knew there was a twist, and I was like, this is it. I want to play that game, too. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, um, she's like, what the fuck did I just do? And she's like, I'm going to go. I'm sorry. This is weird. And you end up taking her hand and sucking her finger back. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is just, you know, normal high school stuff all of a sudden. finger sucking. I'm like, It would have been less weird to bang. (laughs) i'm pretty sure i agree my high school is nothing like any of this (laughs) you went to an all boys school (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah you guys uh finish up the banners you go outside and so and yuri's like hey it's fine whatever like i'm sorry about that and you're like no and you hug her because apparently you shared a moment in the now you you guys are the same blood (laughs) <laughs> and this is this is where the stories re-intersect, right? Because yeah. Sayori comes out and finds you and insert girl here in an embrace. She sees you and her first words are <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The laugh the the laugh lines are written really intriguingly in this game. I dig it. They, they use the E H E H a lot, right? For other characters too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Not Monica. Monica goes, ah, ha, 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 Sayori also has the, <laughs> She does that every once in a while. I think I, gave, I made it a little more like a foghorn, and she's like, ooh, is maybe how she how, means how did, it. How is it written now? U-U-U-U-W-A-H. Ooh-ah. Ooh-ah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But anyways, Sayori comes out, and she sees you hugging whatever girl. The other girl runs away uh-huh. and you have this heart to heart with Sayori at this moment where Sayori confesses her like her love to you. This is the heart to heart. And you're like, "Wait a second. 
I thought that was going to happen earlier, mm-hmm. but it's happening now after she sees that you're hugging some other person. And she's like, I love you. It's always been this way. And I don't know what I'd do without you. You've always been in my life. I want you to be a part of my life forevermore. Mm-hmm. Like, just tell me that, like, how you feel and I can be happy again. I, and I, I do think, I think it's not very manipulative. Like, I, I think the way that you're saying it now, it kind of sounds like it could be... The game could have written it that way, but I don't think no. it did. I don't know how you guys feel. About yeah, it. I didn't think it was as manipulative as I just, you know, represented it to be. No, it felt like a like a genuine last ditch effort on Sayori's part. She was mm-hmm. like, "I have to do it now. I I want to do it before I feel like it's way too late." Mm-hmm. This kind of I he deserves to know my true feelings, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anyways, this is one of the other options that you get in the game is to say, I love you back. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, you'll always be my dearest friend. Oh, I friend zoned her. I feel terrible. I said, I love you. She wasn't Monica. I wouldn't lie to her like that. That's not why it was terrible. (laughs) That's why I couldn't say I love her. I was like, you're not Monica. But that wasn't an option. There wasn't the you're not Monica option. So I just went with, hey, we're friends. And finger guns. I assume my character did finger guns after that. Like, I, I assume I went up and licked her cheek. That's, that's what you do. Right, apparently. <laughs> that's your move. You're just That's my move now. The game assigned that to me. <laughs> so anyways, um, regardless of whatever you say, it seems like Sayori runs off back to her home. Uh-huh. And the next day happens, which is the day of the festival. And you're waiting outside your home for Sayori to show up. Because you always walk to school Because you always together. walk to school with Sayori, and she's not there, and you're like, maybe she's sleeping in, whatever, I need to go yeah. and start you setting up. You kind her in your head. You're like, man, the one day you'd think she'd show up late. What a stupid person. Yeah. Lazy and, oh, and the so nerve you, of her. You end up showing up to school, meeting up with Monica in the literature club, and Monica's like... Hey, what's up? Where's Sayori? You didn't walk to school together? Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, she just wasn't up yet and Monica's like oh yeah you know she has been struggling with depression whatever I it's funny that you left her hanging like that anyways um do you want to check out the poems that everybody submitted to the to the for our readings that we're going to make at the festival and you open it up and you see the poem that's uh that Natsuki wrote and you're like oh yeah I remember that one and you see the one that Yuri wrote and you're like yep that's the same one and then you open it up to Sayori's page and it's just get out of my head 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 this is where the game starts to get a bit creepy because you're like huh that doesn't seem right and that doesn't seem like something that anybody would be reading to get people interested in the literature club you know I I read it as like a cry for help with her depression at that point contextually I was like she wants the negative voices inside of her to stop and this is her way of expressing it and asking for help because I think she wrote this poem before the weekend and I think she had I kind of interpreted it as this was her only outlet remaining yeah and so you kind of recontextualize like I almost feel like you read that and you're like oh shit I didn't even think about what happened yesterday this morning because you were so you were in a rush to like get yeah. the yeah. girl who you helped like their supplies to school. That's fair. I kind of knew the twist going in, so oh, okay. I, for you. I kind of had a feeling. <laughs> you didn't have a feeling if you knew I the had twist a feeling <laughs> that this was the twist. Okay. <laughs> and anyways, your character runs back home, and you run back to uh, Sayori's house. You open the door, you walk in, and you open the door to her room, 
and she's hung herself. And the moment, so there's kind of a parallel structure thing going on here. On Sunday, when you go to her house and you kind of walk up, um, I thought something crazy was going to happen mm-hmm. because the same scene plays where you walk up to your, her door and you're like, oh, this is so awkward. Yeah. I'm just going to barge in on her. And she's in there. And then you have that conversation. In this one, when he's walking up to the door, he says, whoa, I really, because in my case, I said, I love you like in, like a very irresponsible person. <laughs> and then my character was like, oh, it's just like I'm her boyfriend. I'm just walking into her house to wake her up. Oh. He, there is no, like, he has no idea what's about to happen. And the game is actually playing it as, like, oh, my heart's beating fast. I'm, like, doing this romantic thing for Sayori. And then you open the door and you see her hanging. Yes. So it's, I mean, very dark. And the game, actually, if if you look at it very closely, you see that, like, all of her fingertips are bloodied and it didn't really go to plan. Um, I did not look at it that closely. She so she she attempted to hang herself, but then regretted it immediately and was trying to claw at like not doing that. That's like even worse. Whoa! I did not notice that. I kind of it popped on screen. I'm like, yep, saw it, and (laughs) and I was out. I was looking away. Whoa! Yeah. Um. And so it's a little hint at what's happening in the game right there that that maybe everybody's depressed but not for natural reasons. That's not how I would have taken that. That's not how I took it either. I actually thought that that was like the end of the game. Well, anyways. Having regrets about it doesn't mean you're doing it for natural reasons. Whoa, I see the bloody... I'm looking it up now and yeah. I'm not going to look. Well, my first question, because you guys watched me play it, I said, oh, because I picked no, right? Mm -hmm. I picked telling her that she's a friend. So I said... Is it different if you tell her you love her? Because I was a, a, my first thought was if it's different, that's a really uncomfortable statement, right? Because that would say the power lies with you and it's your fault for not loving her back. But obviously, yes. it's not, right? Because no matter what you say, that is what happens. And I thought that was really powerful too. I like I at this point I still thought the game was 100% earnest about this story. Maybe it was, but like. I didn't think that this game was going to change after that. I thought maybe it was going, the rest of it was going to be dealing with this circumstance and maybe the main character like coping kind of looks at his relationship with the other girls and starts to think like, what am I actually doing with them? Yeah. Because I thought that the statement was she was dealing with depression and sometimes we think like, Oh, your depression is just not having what you want or like you're bummed out about a circumstance. Right. So the game by saying it didn't matter if he said he loved her or he didn't because it wasn't really about exactly. that love and relationship. Her depression was not wrapped up in the protagonist's love, which is... And speaking of that, that's the guy or the main character, when he sees this happen, he thinks, oh no, this isn't a game. I can't just go back and reload and, and fix it. And kind of like signaling to you as a player, like, oh, I have the superpower I could go back and fix it. Like that's what the player character or the yes. player is thinking. But you could go back and try the other option, and I assume it would be exactly the same. It is the exactly the same, which is again, as Lindsay was saying, a, I think a very powerful and somewhat accurate portrayal of depression in that regard. In that it's not something that you can necessarily fix yeah. with actions. 
like that. That there isn't like a puzzle piece that will be like, oh, and now now you're all better. <laughs> right. Um, it's like you know sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's tough, but it's it's there and it's not necessarily related to anything that you have going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, one other thing. Um, remember how we talked about how Monica was kind of telling you things that like to make your game better, like how to play it better. She tells you if you think something crazy is about to happen, you should save your game. She actually uses like that meta language. Yeah. She's like, save your game. So the game does kind of prime you to think you could do this before that. Mm-hmm. So Monica is kind of like your tutorial and your guide and everything. So the game does like end at this point? Yeah, the game, you just get a game over screen right there. And you go back to reload your game. And when you get to the main screen again, the start screen, uh, Sayori is a pixelated mess. And mm-hmm. the start button is wingdings. Yeah. Um, so you go to there's, your... And there's no files. Well, if you go to your load, you're like, well, I'm going to ignore the wingdings and go to load. There's nothing left there. Everything is missing. Oh, it's erased? Your, your game is I erased. I didn't try it. And mm-hmm. so if you you're forced to click on the wingdings and you go back and Sayori is no longer a part of the game. She is just completely missing. It starts from the beginning again. You yeah. come out of your house, but Sayori isn't there and you're not like, oh, where's my neighbor? You're just like, well, going to school. Maybe has, I'll join a club. Yeah, There's has a, a couple moments where you are about to mention Sayori and the game kind of glitches out on you and messes up. And then it goes back and fixes itself, and you're like, oh, no, no, there was no one else that I know here. Yeah. It's really interesting because it feels like Groundhog's Day, except if each day could be slightly different. I'm glad you brought that up. I think we should come back to that a little bit later, the Groundhog's Day thing. But you're like, oh, wow, okay, day's starting over from the beginning, except it's like a week, essentially. And you go through and you go to... You're sitting in class after school, and you're like, which club will I join? And Monica shows up, and she's like, hey, I'm going to uh, get some supplies. Can you help me bring them over to the classroom? For a moment, Sayori shows up, but it glitches and turns into Monica. Yeah, and kind of erases her. And then the story changes to kind of play out very similarly, um, and a lot of scenes are actually repeated, but uh, Monica is the one who invites you to join the club now. Right, and Sayori isn't there. Mm-hmm. And so you get to go through the week again this time, except without Sayori. And Sayori was bubbly and happy and smooths over any of the conflicts that happen between any of the uh, club members. Mm-hmm. But this time, when they're not there, things escalate out of control. Yeah. The Weirdly out of control. Like they are more intense. They When they fight, they're dropping like really harsh language. Yeah. Like The F word comes into play for the first time in yes. this run. Yes. And then uh, when I I started trying to get with Yuri again, I don't know if it was... I can't even remember if I tried to do that or not or if it forced me to. I I did it intentionally. Yuri's uh, language to you becomes a more... I would say like almost like a dark caricature of her previous character. Yes, it's obsessive and explicitly sexual at Mm -hmm. times. Yes, very grossly. Yeah, weird and grossly sexual about... Things that would make you uncomfortable if somebody, yeah. your, one of your classmates, just told you what she was doing. She also reveals... She takes your pen. She starts cutting herself in front of you. Yeah. Yes. Point. But it's... And it's not in a self-harm, depression kind of way. 
like the other characters make it very clear that this is sexual for her. Like yeah. she gets very excited and can't channel that excitement, so she channels it through cutting. And it's unclear to me. I don't know. Maybe you guys have a different opinion. It's unclear to me if this uh, was supposed to be seen as she changed a little bit in the second playthrough. Or if she is being more honest or like more upfront about something to you. I, wasn't I sure. wondered if because she is the she is like there is a shift in her behavior to be more extreme. Yeah. So I almost wondered if she did do some self harm in the first version of it, and then this is like a more extreme version of it. Because like when you see her doing it, it's not like the usual cuts on her arm. It looks like she has been mauled by a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a good comparison because yeah. it's almost like. This is getting uncomfortable to describe, but like <laughs> it's almost like a cross hatch kind of thing. There are like, giant chunks, yeah, like giant diamond chunks missing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not fun to look at or describe or listen <laughs> to on yes, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, the we game the game tag a warning at the top of this one. Yeah, the game glitches and then you don't see any of that anymore. And it's just back to normal, but not really because the game will like oddly zoom in on characters' faces or the text box that you can select. You'll click on something and it'll be like, nope, you didn't want to do that one. And it'll try and force you into things you didn't want to do. And Monica starts reaching out to you. Yuri's going crazy. She's like, I stole your pen because it fell out of your backpack and I used it while thinking about you last night. And what else does she do? She uh, says she always wants to be with you forever. She wants, She's so she, obsessive. She likes one of your poems so much. She wants to give herself a paper cut so your skin oils yes. go infuse in her blood or And something. Monica at this point is like, listen, I know we haven't had a lot of time to spend together. I just want to warn you, Yuri is kind of crazy and you may be in danger. And I was like, Monica, you angel. I think this is, I call it a little bit of what the game was at this point. Yeah. And but I was excited. I'm like Monica, best girl, best girl, get me out of this shit, please. The game, I get, I think the game does start to get a little bit more. I don't, I don't want to say transparent, like more straightforward about the fact that, or more explicit about there's something, something's going on with Monica. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but and she asks you for help at one point. You get like a text box that pops up that says like help me, mm-hmm. and you click OK. Or you'll be having a conversation where it feels like she's going to tell you something important and the screen starts to fade to black. And she's like, no, not now. Like, Who's, Wait, who says? Monica. 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 Well, okay. during these days, it's like you're trying to yeah. get or, like be like, oh, hey, maybe I don't want to be with Yuri. Maybe I want to be with Monica, Monica or yeah. Natsuki or anybody else. And like Natsuki's eyes pop out and it's gross and disgusting. Oh, yeah, her like, neck breaks yeah, and her, or something. Oh, like, I didn't there's, see that there's like, there's like a jump scare or something with yeah. Natsuki. So, like, similar things happen with Natsuki as with Yuri, I Okay. Think, mm-hmm. if you were to romance her instead. Okay. Then, yeah, Yuri is, like, going crazy. And, well, at one point, Yuri corners you, and then, like, Monika gradually fades in over her and covers the text box, and yes. then that scene ends. So it's definitely very weird, and Yuri is psycho-psycho. She hands you... Oh, she erases your memory at one point yeah she goes to get water and you see her uh harming harming herself and then like it rewinds and And then it goes through the same thing again no monica shows up and says hey sorry you should not have seen that uh let's forget about that and you're like wait a second monica how are you aware of any of this yeah yeah and at this point you start to realize that maybe like the weird poems that monica are writing are uh, at least for me 
our attempts at trying to change fate okay. in a way. I mean, it's, it's also, I guess by this point, it, it would have become obvious to the player that the game is now explicit about the fact that the tools you use to interact with the game are part of the story. Yes, yes. And it's become more of a metafiction rather than just fiction. So Monica's trying to make her moves. She's trying to intervene, but he still can't quite get there, right? She's saying things, too. She's like, we haven't had a chance to hang out. I'm like, Monica, girl, I know. Trust me, this whole game, you've been my number one. I'm just waiting for the game to let me hang out with you. That's mm-hmm. all I want. Because it's all, you know, it's still a dating sim for me, obviously. And right, yeah, and right before the weekend starts now for the second run through, uh, Yuri pulled us aside and she's like, do you, I love you. I love you. You're like everything. I want to like have you, I want to like just, I want you inside me, but not like a no, weird sexual way. She like said, she wants to cut herself open and have you like just go in. Wear, she said the opposite. No, she, she wants, wants to wear you, you like open. a skin. Yeah. Oh, cut. go inside of your body. Yes. Yeah. Which is not the most romantic thing someone could say, you know? Yeah. yeah good, good note about, let, maybe let's go back to the the beginning of the show and insert some kind of warning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but anyways, as she says that and you, you, she asks you if you love her back, so she, you, whether you say yes or no to whether or not you love her, she ends up stabbing herself. And I said no. At this point, I was like, I gotta get out. I of think this. I said no too. I kind of wish I had said yes because I'm wondering what she's what, nothing. What she it, it's a, yes, thing. it's exact. She doesn't say anything. Just like with no, she just stabs herself, stabs herself, stabs herself, oh. and dies. And I've seen it a is co- very graphic. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people have like hypothesized whether or not like no is like a denial of her greatest wish or yes is uh, the like satisfaction of her greatest desire and now she's left empty because nothing is left for meaning but like i don't think that's really the point i think at this point the game is telling you that there is something wrong with your game yeah and that nothing is like as you think it is anymore it also almost seems like it's on the at least on the table that she may not be choosing to do this at all yeah she might be being controlled I don't think she is, though. I think she's just driven. It's like if someone, if you're designing a character, right? Mm -hmm. And you make them like a little eccentric and then someone just nudges that all the way up. I think she was consumed by some of her darker aspects, right? What do you you guys think about the way, so we talked about some of these scenes that like go off the rails a little bit and they go into like real horror territory. Mm Mm-hmm. What we didn't mention is that there are certain parts where they're talking normally and then their whole font and like the color of the text and everything changes for like one or two boxes. And sometimes their their face looks a little bit different. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe you could interpret that as suddenly they become possessed by something. Oh, they're definitely possessed by something at this point. I think that uh, I'll, I'll touch on that in a second once we get to the big twist. Yeah, well, we're the, there, the, right? The, you sit in the you so so sit in the we get to that, all so weekend. Yeah, so, so you think Yuri is dead, and then she starts talking to you in gibberish, and this is uh, you can actually click on the history button, which normally shows you like what have characters said up to this point. Maybe you skipped over a piece of text by accident, and you'll see the Steam page uh, description of the game just on repeat as a big block of text 
and you have to keep pushing space or click or whatever to, to For advance. three sort of days. Text. Yeah, so you want to use the skip button yeah. at that point. But which, even then, it's like a minute of fast forwarding. And, and I want to point out, the skip button up to this point is actually a, like a the game helping you out because on your first run through, the skip button is useless. Like it, there's no text you haven't seen before. On your second run through the game, the skip button actually indicates where you're seeing a scene that the game hasn't changed. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't, if the skip button does not uh, get highlighted for you to click on, that means you're about to see something different mm-hmm. happen. In this scene, the skip button actually is activated. So it's all that's almost like the game communicating to you. Um, and for a reason we'll talk about in a second, it almost implies that someone is controlling the skip button and telling you when you should be using it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so anyways, at the end of it, uh, people come back to school and they realize that you've been stuck there the whole time. Uh, yeah. Natsuki runs away, like, disgusted. Bye. Oh, sorry. And... One, one more thing. To, one point. Sorry. Uh, the reason you, that Sterling knows that it's you're there for three days is because the lighting in the room changes yeah. to show you time passing. Because you're probably sitting there watching the, the text speed by on skip. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing like the, the sun rise and yes. fall. Yeah, it was do an interesting... Sorry, do we know what happens with Natsuke if you pursue that route? That's um, a very good question. So I looked up what happens in Natsuki's storyline... And it's essentially the same. It just ends prematurely. It's really the only jump scare in the entire game where she is just complaining about how you're, you spend too much time with Yuri and uh, then she, her neck snaps and dashes forward towards the screen and then it cuts to it's an like end game straight. It's not like a full storyline like with Yuri. I mean, essentially, Natsuki's story in a nutshell is that her father is abusive and she likes being at the club because she sees it as like a safe place. Does that get revealed explicitly through that route? um, It's not just at that point in the story. If you hung out with Natsuki on the weekend, um, she would tell you like, let's go to your house because I don't like to be at my place or something or I don't like to have guests or something like that. Seems like it plays into that a little bit. Okay. Do you ever find out explicitly, or do you always just infer? Because she also um, says later on, um, when things are glitching out, yeah, it's actually that I'm, she like, likes the club because it is her safe space. She likes to have somewhere where she can be around only a few people that she trusts, and she can avoid going home after school. And she also has the poem, Things I Like About Papa, which I thought was another really good poem. But it's just, uh, it's a bit of a downer. <laughs> it's very dark. I mean, it ends with, I'm, I'm, what, I'm happy when Papa doesn't I like have when Papa, I like when Papa is too tired for anything. Yeah. And but she start- says that a few times, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a red flag. Yeah, it starts very normal. Like, I like when he talks to me. I like when he does this. Like when he talks, asks me about my day. I like when he blah, blah, blah. But then, then she talks about how I like when he doesn't talk to me. I like when he doesn't ask me about my day. I like when I find coins in the cushions of the couch. I like when I, yeah. It, yeah. I like when he uh, uses his inside voice. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So it really does say a lot about like her situation. But so the storyline with her essentially drives you back to the storyline with Yuri. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you're saying, you have to For, restart and go through the Yuri Yeah, story. so once okay. you do the Natsuki story, uh, it restarts, and it's like nothing happened with Natsuki. 
and okay. you just are like, okay, well, maybe I'll go the Yuri like plot line. Okay. So if you just do the Yuri plot line, you can miss it completely. So we are that, back that's up what happened to, me, yeah. to the Yuri has stabbed herself moment. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yes. So we're back to that moment. Yuri, uh, you're watching her for multiple days just sit there and decompose. Yep, basically. 1,400 lines of gibberish wingdings go by, and uh, then everybody shows up again. And well, I think this was Monica. The game reads. Oh, no, no, both Not of them. Not to pay vomits them, and yeah. pieces out. Yeah, we did and mention then this. Monica. Yeah. Um, but, anyways, the game essentially restarts, but before it does, Monica's like, well, Hold on a second. Uh, I see that this is very distressing to you that, you know, the, there was some bad script in here, and uh, I'm sorry that you had to wait in the whole weekend. Yeah, she says something like, she implies she, like, coded something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like she's yeah. alluding to messing with game code in some way. Yeah. And so she's like, whoops, ha my bad. I see that this is distressing to you. And then, like, a rectangle in the top left-hand corner of the screen shows up, and it's like, delete yeah, uh, Natsuki. Yeah, yeah. And delete like Yuri. A script. And she's like, well, now we don't have to worry about those things anymore. Yeah. Uh, but here, let me have a like gibberish cupcake, implying it's Natsuki's cupcake. She's like, it's really good. It's a shame this will be the last one I ever have because I just obliterated her from the universe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the game like forces you to restart. It goes back to the main screen. It's Basically, she just starts interacting with you and telling you how much she likes you and how she's happy. It's just you two now. Yeah, it does cut to you in a classroom setting, looks like. And outside the window is like an empty universe. You just see like kind of black, occasionally colorful, cloudy, maybe stars. It looks like, like a crucible for the cosmos almost. Yeah. And you just have, uh, you know... Uh, Monica staring like directly at you, close up of her face, hands steepled beneath her chin. Oh, she is totally in like dinner date position. You know, yeah. you across the table. She's adorable. All I'm saying is, this is my happy ending, right? This is what I've been working yeah, Lindsay for the did entire think she game. Beat the game. I yeah. was like, finally, I'm with Monica. But, you know, if you're a normal person, you'll realize <laughs> that this is not what you want. And she's like, hey, I've been, like, messing around with the code. I realized that, like, I'm trapped in a video game and I'm... Yeah, she starts talking to the player. Yeah. And she's she reads like, your scene name. Yeah. She does. She's like, oh, you might call yourself what, what, Sterling. But you're really called hipsterling, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was sometimes a weird it one has for the me. opposite effect. Because I put my game name as Lynn, and it's like, you may go by Lynn, but I know you're really Elgal, because that's the Steam name I made, you know, when mm-hmm. Steam first existed. And mm-hmm. I was like, Elgal? And then I put it together. Because I'm like, no, Lynn is more, you know, that's the first half of my name. That's fine. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting situation because she's saying that she's essentially uncovered some sort of like control panel that's in the ether. It would be like if we figured like pulled back the curtain on reality and realized that we can affect things. And we not can... only that, because I think more importantly than her realizing she can control her reality is her realizing that her reality is pointless. She is the only thing that has any degree of sentience in her game. Right. And then you come in, and she can tell that you are from something beyond. And the people that she's been surrounded with are just 
kind of vapid codes that are meant to react to you and fall in love with you. Well, I think that there is the point that everything is meant to fall in love with you and she's realized that. But I also think that it's more than just code in this particular universe because she's poking around at things and trying to get you to fall in love with her by saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to really emphasize Sayori's depression or I'm going to really emphasize Yuri's obsessive mm -hmm. compulsive natures. It's not like she's like saying like, I want her to brutally murder herself and but I want to... Uh... Yeah, she doesn't have full control over this simulation. It's more like she has found some limited ways that she can cause trouble by poking at things. And she does that, and it has all these results that she didn't anticipate. Yeah. And she seems fine with it because now she's like Bill Murray and like a thousand groundhogs days in. Mm -hmm. And she just, I feel like she just almost doesn't see them as people anymore. Though my no. question with that, my problem with that is... <sighs> If she's like Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day, which this is essentially one giant Groundhog's Day situation, why can't she play the piano better? Like, she <laughs> should have, like, learned it by now and, like, really cranked out some, like, big jazz performance like well, Bill Murray. how do we know that she's not better at piano? Oh, are you talking about the ending where she well, plays she's it? plays you a song at the end of the game. Well, who knows when that was recorded? Hmm, that's a good point. Maybe she made that much earlier. And More I assumed that she'd been lying she about piano. Was badly? Yeah, I assumed... I couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also assumed she was lying about the piano. I assumed that the reason she ended up being late every single time to the club was because she was tinkering around in the code. Yes, yeah, she's and, like... I assume for her in this game, it almost works like meditating. Mm -hmm. She's just, like discovered she has a superpower and she can just tap into this. I also kind of feel like if you were to leave certain hallways of the school that there would just be big white space. Yes. Like there may not be a, like another club or something like she's alluding to. Yes. It's just she's coded to appear at certain times maybe. Yeah. There's some kind of like she kind of hints that she's it seems like she's designed to love you and she t talks about how even though like you you keep falling in love with these girls who are so obviously unrealistic like she talks about how all three of these girls are these just piles of problems for you to fix but they're not real problems they're just cute ones mm -hmm. and um it's just it's very vapid and shallow and like what does that say about you and then she's like but somehow i still can't help it but love you and i think maybe that's a hint that she is kind of forced to like programmed. she's been programmed to do that but also i think when we were uh talking about this earlier chris mm -hmm. um there's that moment in the second playthrough where she shows up and is like takes you to the literature club instead of Sayori. And I think we were talking about how uh, she seems perfect and flawless and doesn't have any problems to fix. Yes, and which, you immediately think she's out of your league. Yeah, so yeah. you immediately think she's out of your league. So yeah. essentially the game's saying like, oh, well, you are only after people that have things that you can visibly fix. Yeah. Yeah. And then that seems to be a big... Point. That is a big point. And, and the, it's like the game almost is saying, well, because she doesn't have this thing that would make her dependent on you, um, she is beyond the scope of this dating <laughs> game, yeah. which is scary. And I think it's totally intentional. Like I, think, I do think that's part of the message of the game or the commentary it's making on dating games. So is there anything else we want plot-wise before we shift yeah, into yeah. The, the 
Yeah, real real quickly, uh, at the end, when you, she's talking to you, she's saying, like, I had to root around in the code. It's really funny how poorly designed the game is because there's just a file with all the characters. So that's how I got rid of them. I just, like, deleted the character left and right whenever I needed to. And then it becomes very blatant. Like, that, oh, in Steam, I just go to the game and properties yeah. and... Local files and then I... Whatever. And so the game, if you didn't do everything the first time through, which essentially you wouldn't be able to unless you were save scamming the game. Um, you, she just sits there forever on an endless loop of kind of inane conversation. Like, what's your favorite game? Mine's Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> I, I thought at that point she was going to look into my Steam most played. Yeah. Which I, I made a joke about it being Nancy Drew, but honestly, my Steam most played is definitely Civilization. Okay. Four, maybe? Uh, well, I don't know. You know it's funny, because I, when I saw that happen, I thought it was going to be like Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah. Psycho Man just yes. reading your memory card. Yes. But only for Konami games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't want to acknowledge the existence of other other games. Yeah. That's what I was anticipating, too. But anyways, uh, so you sit there, and the game will not really progress anywhere until you go into the files and delete her from them. And once you do that, she's like, whoa, what are you doing? I'm still a thing. Like, you're terrible. You're torturing me. You literally go to your Steam page outside of the game Mm -hmm. and delete her. Yeah, into, like, your computer's files. Because if you actually play the game uh, with your file open, your window open for that game, you'll notice that it's making changes to all of the things as the game goes along. That's so cool. And so it's literally as things happen and Monica is doing things in the game, she's actually changing your computer. And it's like a weird... That would have freaked me out a lot more if I could see the files shifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Do and they I... just have like random files like appearing and disappearing while you're playing the game? Uh, I assume the game actually disappears files it doesn't need. And yeah. that's why you can't run it again at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does some crazy stuff like that. And it's a super cool concept. Um, it's like... I wonder how hard that was to code. I actually was thinking about that when I watched it. And I just assumed that those files do nothing. And then the game is just checking for them. And then if it's there, this flag is set for the game to just make play the script. All right. I, I assume that's it. I'm not a good programmer um, or a coder. Or I don't know anything about any of those things. <laughs> this is a big change in stance there. Um, so it's not an untrue statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really a great programmer. Uh, in fact, I don't know anything. <laughs> Still a true statement. So I'm just, you know, going to hit that point home. But uh, what I find really interesting about that is when you restart the game, Sayori is now the president of Literature Club, and it just progresses normally. Like, everything was the same, except if Monica, Monica wasn't there. Monica does have some dying words before you restart it. Well, she hates you, but she still loves you. Yeah, I think there's a sense that Monica understands why you did what you did, Mm -hmm. and she kind of hopes that it's better this way, right? If Mm -hmm. she says something to the extent that she doesn't know how to love you the right way. I I feel like she's commenting on the fact that at the end of the day, she has been designed as this flawed character, and the very existence of this game is only creating people who cannot be in a healthy relationship. Yeah. So, okay, so after her dying words, you go back and Sayori's the president. There's no Monica. Yeah, and everything seems like it's going normally until you get to the end of the day when Sayori just looks you dead in the eyes and says, 
hey, I want to thank you for coming out. And you're like, of course, I, I'm, go I'm here at the Literature Club like you asked. She's like, yeah, uh, thank you for getting rid of Monica. And you're like, whoa there, how do you know about Monica? And it's at this point where uh, a disembodied text window appears and is like, no, you stay away. This isn't what we want. Like, it's like Monica, like, is coded her spirit into the files almost. And uh, we, she's trying to fight back and being like, this game is not a happy place. I don't want the game to be a part of anything. I don't think anybody should be playing it. I'm just going to get rid of everything. And she slowly deletes files one by one by one and deletes yeah. Sayori. And then you get like the end credits. But right before you do, like the game's glitching out and she, you hear Monica's voice for the first time. And she's like, <laughs> I wrote a song uh, it, for you. And it's the Doki Doki theme that goes like, do, 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 do. Which is singing. She's and, singing the song now. Yeah, and she ends up singing a song. It's called Your Reality. And there's we haven't heard the lyrics to it at all up to this point. It's just been the piano right. piece. Yeah. With, you know, other instruments. Each of the girls has their own instrument. And when you zero in on them, that instrument kind of plays more prominently. So Monica's always oh, been I didn't the piano. Know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's similar to like Breath of the Wild and the civilizations. Mm -hmm. Like how like I'm not gonna get back into Breath of the Wild. Um, <laughs> For more information on that, see our Breath of the Wild episode. Um, but anyways, she starts you know deleting all the things and singing the song, and the song is essentially saying like you know I picked up a pen and tried to write a song that would somehow get you to notice me and love me and that I could live in a world where this could happen and at the end it's kind of like saying something along the lines of how can I write love into reality if I can't hear the sound of your heartbeat what do you call love in your reality doki doki and the in, sound of my heartbeat <laughs> you funny and then it also goes on to say and in your reality if I don't know how to love you I'll leave you be and that's the last line of the the game and as the credits are rolling while she's playing the song, she's deleting file after file after file after file. Yeah, and then, each of the, the credits have like pictures of the other girls and they start to be like, image not found instead. Yeah, and then it's like system not found and run menu not found. And then it just closes hard shots and it's no longer on your computer anymore. Yeah, the well, game is deleted. Well, it's, it's there, but I think you can't run it anymore. Right? Well, you can't run it. They, yeah, she deleted all of the it. files. So you have to uninstall it, delete it from your computer, and then reinstall it to be able to play it again. And, and then you can play it again. Yeah. There it starts It starts a whole fresh game. And that's Doki Doki Literature Club's plot, essentially. Yeah. I will say, so some extras, right? I know we went back in... And try to see... Oh, like what if you deleted Monica's um, character file before I did, you start the game? Yes, I did... Oh, I did Monica, yeah. And then you start it and Sayori immediately launches into... No, no, this isn't right. Something's not right. I think she's just... Isn't she just hanging there automatically or something? Afterwards. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She says this isn't right and then the game kicks you out. And then when you start again, uh, it's it's you see her hanging again. So again, cool. you have to uninstall and reinstall. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's really interesting because I, I saw this game as like an interesting metafiction type of experimental game because mm -hmm. the game knows it's a game. It's all about being a video game. It is The medium of video game was necessary for this story to be told. It turns out the twist was not vampires. No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> and 
And so I loved how it was. You're playing the game, and then the spooky parts of it are really the fa- the parts where the game starts being weird in like a video game kind of way. How there's like glitches happening and this and that happening. And I, my takeaway on this was that, or rather, not a takeaway, but it really reminded me of the book House of Leaves, in the way that that's kind of an experimental novel. Um, and it's experimental in the way of how they layered and structured and ordered the different narratives right. and the points of view. Yeah. So and House of Leaves has like the multiple layers of authors, but in this game you kind of have the, the character layer and the player layer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a brief uh, summary of House of Leaves by oh Mark Danielewski. Um, <laughs> uh, essentially, I go into a closet... This closet's too big. <laughs> so essentially, that the book right there—it's a, it's, it's a good book. I like it, but a lot of people. Wait, have I'm thoughts. not done. I, I filmed myself going into the closet. Another guy. Oh, what a cool movie! Let me write about it. Another guy. Whoa, I found toilet paper that had a book on it. Let me put it together. And then that is how look how leaves. scary this is. And then you read it, and you're like, I'm cursed now. Well, right, like the whole thing of it's House like, of Leaves. what if the ring was better in a book? Yeah, I mean, well, essentially, there's like a source material at the center of the book, and you're reading that source material as you go, but there was a person before it that found it, and he died a gruesome, terrible death. And then there was another person that found it and made notes on the same source material, and he has gone missing at the end of the book, but started showing signs that oh, and the guy, he the guy went who... insane and kind of died. And then you're like, wait a second... So the main source material is like a weird documentary where the guy went crazy, and there was a guy after that, and a, a guy bl- after a that. A blind guy. Yeah, a blind guy. watched the documentary. Well, I don't know about which that. Which doesn't exist. Yeah, and, and then you, at the end of it, are like, whoa, I just read this. Like, I feel like I like watched The Ring all of a sudden, and I'm mm-hmm. going to have some crazy girl call out of my TV screen. Super excited for you to link that back. Oh, well, anyways, I thought that it was really similar to this in the same way because you're playing a game where it knows it's a game and the game is, like, trying to tell you that, like, the fact that it is a game is what's scary about it because it's essentially rooting around in your computer and doing things to it, which is essentially doing things to you. I see. So the concept of giving this inanimate thing some sort of metaphysical power? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of it. It's all there to sell the idea that Monica is a is a sentient, a sapient being mm-hmm. who has been defined by some horny programmer. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Team Salvato. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Well, he's saying that about himself. Yeah, he yeah. was writing that as but. As a commentary on him, yeah. Well, was it a commentary on himself or just the genre? The genre, developers okay. of the genre. What do we think? So I want to dig into what the morals are that you think it conveyed, and if you think that they express that message in a compelling and appropriate way. Boy, that's a big question. <laughs> Sorry. Because I, I actually felt like the we all went in thinking, okay, what's the twist going to be? What's the twist going to be? And then at first you think, oh, the twist is the fact that it's an unsolvable problem, it's not a fairy tale problem, and then you then you go on the second loop and you're like, oh, maybe the problem, the twist is that these characters are really dysfunctional, but they're not in, a, in an appealing, sexy way or something like that. Like, they're not in a way that, like, makes you want to date them anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the, the next twist on that is that they, you know, they start to get violent. Um, and then there's the meta mm-hmm. aspect of it after that. And I don't feel like 
the first time I played the game, I felt like, oh, the story is just totally changing what it's trying to say every hour. But when I watched Lindsay play it and I rewatched the Monica ending, I did kind of feel like Monica was trying to communicate to you that she did see this as like a farce a long time ago. And she's trying to prod you into seeing it that way too, but like trying to push the other characters into more extreme versions of themselves. And so like, that's why she's kind of judging you at the end. She's saying like, why would you play a game like this? And then the, the ultimate irony of that is that she still has to love you for doing that mm -hmm. because she's still a product of that game. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that fucked with me. What do you think the takeaway was? Or the intended takeaway? I think it was an interesting case study on Monica. Um, I think that she's really the coolest character in the game. Number one waifu. <laughs> well, I, sure. Um, <laughs> I think that she has like this interesting takeaway. What if you were, I mean, like I love Groundhog's Day, so I'm going to relate it back to that. But what if you were caught in an infinite time loop? And in this time loop, you pulled back the curtains of reality and found a way to affect reality in ways beyond your comprehension. Mm -hmm. How, what would you do to try and get out of the time loop? Mm -hmm. Is Monica or Monica a sympathetic character? Is she a forgivable character? Because essentially, I guess it's saying like, how far would you go to save yourself in a way? I think that's a hard question for this game because even Monica seems to agree that the other girls aren't sentient. So I thought the same thing. I thought Mon Monica is this sapient uh, AI who's suddenly seeing everything else as an object. So of course she would be fine doing these things. Mm -hmm. They're just represented weirdly to you as a player. But the game kind of throws a wrench in that at the end, right? Yeah. Because it seems to imply that when Sayori becomes president, she also gets self-aware. And yeah. it's the position of the president that really gets the sentience. Yes. And so there's a way I, I read online, I don't know if this is true or not, but a way to get it so each of the part, uh, different members of the literature club can become the president. And as president, they have weird... Oh, that's thoughts cool. and like they get essentially the Monica position. Oh, what is the? We'll come back to the morality discussion. But what is the? There's a perfect way to play the game, and then yeah. what happens in the Monica scene? So essentially, the perfect way to play the game is you save Scam and make ev do every single girl's quest line appeal to each of them in their poetry, and get every single one of the special art frames. And if you manage to do that on one's playthrough, then the game will be like, uh, when it comes back to Sayori um, at the end of the game, so you still have to go through all that up okay. until like act four or whatever it's called. Uh, Sayori will be like, you know, we really appreciate all the time you took to actually try and make all of us happy. And you know, it's a really good thing and we're not gonna punish you. We're not gonna like pull you into like this awful hell. You, you may try to make us happy, but it's never going to happen, so we're going to set you free, and they and Sayori ends the game. Oh, what about this? I thought you said if you wait 45 minutes with Monica, something happens. I don't know. I was trying to read something online, and there's a lot of bad guides. Oh, that's right. There are... There's fake guides for this game. Yes. Yeah. I wondered if Dan Salva Salvato the creator himself, yeah. yeah. Well, then speak back to the what the game is trying to tell us, then. I guess we can agree that... 
it seems to be some patterning on what dating sims are expecting us to look for, yeah. right? Or these unrealistic expectations that we place on you know these people who are adorable because of their problems. Because those adorable problems are something that you can help them fix. And then they're fine. Yeah. And how, like, unreal that is. It's kind of funny because the first game like this I ever played was Tokimaki Memorial. Mm -hmm. And in that game, like, the gameplay element was not figuring out the problem that that the girls had and fixing them. You had to go and study, like, at the library. Like, it's kind of like a proto-persona or something. Like, it was all about you getting good enough to earn... This I know this sounds that still sounds very bad. bad also, yes, <laughs> but yes, to earn this trophy that is this this girl that you select, or maybe demonstrating kind of similar in interests is a more Poss- fair I mean, way. It is it is a nicer way. Okay, but I don't know if it's more accurate. Okay, I haven't played it. I haven't played because you you literally had to go and get smarter and like get buffer and stuff mm-hmm. in order to be a more attractive mate to whoever it is you were pursuing. So then as Monica's inaccessibility on the first half of the game, does that speak to the idea that a too perfect girl or a girl who's got it all together doesn't need a guy? Maybe, or it might it might speak to the idea that like this genre of game is about finding like the 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 gameplay like mechanic, like the puzzle you're solving are these personality problems with people and you just need to give them attention and then the satisfying aspect of that play is in smoothing over that personality problem and since she doesn't have one of those problems there's no play for the game there's no drama to create yeah her her problem is not a personality problem but more of a oh shit i'm trapped in the matrix well so she does that that's the thing right she does have that problem that is solved that's what's funny about it but the role she was given in the game is as the static character mm-hmm. yes. who does not have to, like, who doesn't get this attention in order to fix her. Right. Um, and I think what's what's really interesting is I think, like, the game is very sympathetic to both you and Monica because at the end when she talks about how she just killed all these people because they're just game characters, she says, like, even though I know they're not real and I know that they're, like, just written to be this fantasy for you, somehow I still love them. Because she's spent, I don't know, however long Millennia. in the company of these other AIs, like these yeah. simpler AIs, and she still loves them. And couldn't delete them all the way. Right. She did not want to delete them mm-hmm. all the way. So it's almost like the game is still saying, like, you know, like, even though this has, like, all these weird, creepy elements to it, it is still human that you can connect with them anyway. And I guess yeah. that's kind of the optimistic element of right. it. Right. So the thing that I struggled with after finishing the game, and I'm interested to hear your opinions, is the degree of violence that they use and the degree of self-harm was very dramatic and very yeah. severe. And I I almost wonder, like, I understand that the point is shock value to make you yeah. think, like, oh, whoa, these problems are very severe. But another part of me almost thinks that, like, because they're real problems that maybe like yeah like that's yeah. A, a, an insensitive way to handle things like that like I, oh I hey here's it. someone hanging themselves well, well that's the thing right so like the depression thing i i would argue that that was a really good depiction of it just because i thought so right up until the very very end right right but then when they get to the part where they're trying to scare you with like the self-harm it almost felt like 
and this is the game is speaking through Monica here. Like she's prodding them to do things to make themselves less less attractive to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's a little bit crazy about it is that it, the game is like, how do I make this unattractive to you? Okay, and they're gonna self harm. And it's, I think that's Monica saying that. Yeah, though. yeah. I think well, Monica is. I saying think that. really what's happening, and this is no way excusing the behavior or the visual imagery that it is shown, but I think that it's supposed to be. Monica, again, has uncovered, like, the way to change the universe around her, doesn't understand it, and is poking her fingers into things that she doesn't understand. Um, And so she's essentially saying, like, the cute thing that you liked originally, like, the, oh, I'm, like, kind of obsessive and whatever, Mm -hmm. like, she's like, whatever, I'm gonna, like, poke at that and make it not cute. Turn it up to 11. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like, whoa, (laughs) I need to rethink that and reevaluate that. So that she, that, I think it's trying to say, like, hey, like, it's fine to be into people with these problems, but that's not why you should be into them is because they have the problem. I think the the point that I'm trying to get at and unpack is if it was necessary to be as graphic or to utilize that like the issues to the extent that they do like to convey so this point. Realistic and to show it so explicitly. Uh yeah, it was it very for... explicit but also very cartoony and yeah. over the top. And I I all like I think I get what you're saying. I think it borders on disrespectful. Right. Well, that's one of the point. That's like one of the ways in which the game was moving in a way that kind of almost misdirected me. Because Mm -hmm. when I saw Yuri like cutting herself, my immediate reaction was, "Oh, this game is going to make me deal with like the less fairy tale esque, the less savory side of real problems." Yeah. But it turned out that it was really more for that shock value meta element. Yeah. yeah. And even though I do think it ended up in an interesting place at the end, it seems like what you're asking is, is it cool that it kind of uses those things as a plot device to deliver that horror to you? Right. And I don't mean this in like a, I'm on the internet and I'm upset about this game kind of way. Like, mm-hmm. this guy can make whatever game he wants. It's mm-hmm. free for... for- But like me playing it, I'm not sure I would have made the same direction choices as as he did as far as how explicit he was with that, given what the ends he was trying to meet were, right? Like, yeah. That's a lot to throw at you. Ju- I think I feel like those things were used more for shock value than for anything else. Mm-hmm. And and consider like the I mean I think the, I keep coming back to the self harm thing because like when I saw Yuri doing that. Like, I have not personally experienced that specific permutation of mm-hmm. self-harm, but it, I remember thinking that looked way more realistic, like, closer to home than, like, her killing, like, kill, killing herself with, like, the stabbing in the, the gun oh, in the throat or, like, yeah. the neck breaking and, like, the eyes turning into black. Yeah. Although balls. even that one was a little cartoony because, like we said, it was, like, I'm impressed that she got those shapes out with a knife because oh, it, yeah, yeah. it was, like... Her entire arm was just missing yeah. chunks, you know? It was very... Because it almost felt like the joke there, like, if you could call that a joke, was, well, what if she, like, was really into it and wasn't hot anymore? Like, yeah. that's almost the kind of impression yeah. I got. But, and I get that this is, like, Monica trying to do that, and Monica is a product of a sexist game concept. Like, mm-hmm. I get that. But I, I also feel like, yes, the game is also speaking in that. And because and, that's what the game yeah. outside of Monica is using to scare you. I guess, could it have been done in a more subtle way and still have the same impact? 
And I'm not sure yeah. what my answer is to that. I don't even know if it has to be subtle. I just feel like the neck breaking, it doesn't really... It's, I, I feel like that's like so divorced from things you see in real life. Well, it's something yeah. like, could they have done something other than you find Sayori's hanging body, right? Mm-hmm. Or something other than you... Like seeing that very graphic, like, what are there more tasteful ways to have represented that? Because the thing is, the trade-off, right, is you do something a little more tasteful, so you're not making it like a uh, that into a product to shock people, but you do lose some of that shock value. So how important is that shock value to what you take away from the game, and is it worth that treatment of the material? I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I think it really depends on person by person and their own personal experiences, whether or not it's uh, worth it. For example, if you have experience with some of these things, then it might hit closer to home and it might feel more like it is being used as a commodity to sell the game as a scary, spooky thing rather than like a fair treatment of the condition. But I think that that could be extended to horror movies sometimes where they essentially do the same thing where they're saying like, oh, schizophrenic people are all like have two people in their heads and they are (laughs) trying to like mental illnesses. That is like a big. Right. And and it's it's horror movies never treat mental illnesses fairly. And I mean, it's important because there is a scary aspect to mental illness, whether you're Mm -hmm. like grappling it with yourself or worried that someone you know may have one or worried that a stranger may have one it's so unknown and so different for everyone so i think sometimes these horror games that relate to that are based off of an extension of that feeling right yeah. that and and that hesitance to really talk about it and know it and understand it so instead we kind of put it in this other Compartment. Yeah, it's like a personification yeah. of a feeling or a fear or a condition. For like, I know you always say the Babadook. You were upset with the ending because it oh ended God. up just being a personification of her grief. Was it or uh, of being recently widowed? Spoiler alert for the uh, Babadook. I take it you didn't like the remake of Evil Dead either. Although <laughs> I like that. Oh, sorry. Another spoiler alert. <laughs> either Evil Dead. I'm not even sure what that what? is. What? All right, put a pause on that conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're going to finish um, that after the podcast. This, this reminds me of the conversation about Django Unchained, which... Oh, I haven't seen that either. So, okay, this, this there's no way this can be a spoiler. Django Unchained is about a guy who... Jamie Foxx is a slave what? in America. That's what that's about? Yeah? I'm just... That, oh, I'm okay, kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> he's a slave. He escapes or is freed or something like that. And then he spends the rest of the movie... Wait, would you say that... He's unchained. He is unchained, and he spends the rest of the uh. movie um, violently killing like white slave owners. Which the whole movie is like catharsis for that, right? Yeah. Right. And so the the dialogue about that movie kind of came down to not like was the movie pro slavery or something or what. <laughs> it's not that. It's that the movie was using. Which, by the way, I do really like this movie, but there is a complicated aspect to this, which is. The movie is using all of these like really charged real images, like very potent images, with potent to, language, with potent language to to um, ultimately just create like a revenge movie, where the movie is not like people are saying like, does the movie need that to just create like a very shallow superhero 
like Django. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, well, do, do these ends justify these means? Like, were you... Like, no one says that about... Well, maybe someone, some people had said that about Amistad, but Amistad was very directly about these images and, yeah. like, the effects of them on people. I don't know what Amistad what is. What the either. hell, Lindsay? Like, you're not. Well, I know what Django Unchained is. Like, that I, I, I know. I just haven't watched it. What Amistad? It would, okay, look, okay let, me, let me create, like, an analogy, right? It would be like if you saw a movie where someone's cutting themselves because they're really sad, right? And then later in the movie, they find a puppy. And then the movie is about how great puppies are. You know what I mean? So the question is, like, did you need to cross these lines? Did you need to transgress in that way to to accomplish this effect? Right. Right. It's like a... I would say it's more of a craft question than it is like a literary analysis question. Yeah. Right. I think that's a fair that's way to treat I, this game. That's what I wonder about this game. And I'm not sure what my final answer is. Because I enjoyed the game and it sat mm-hmm. with me and made me, you know, made me think. But I, I think it's an important question to consider in our media. And I think it's fair for different people to have different answers to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, I, I, it is hard to say for sure because the game is using... I would say the game is using three different authorial voices. Where the first part of the game is... Uh, the game is kind of speaking through the voice of a very archetypal visual novel, and then it's speaking through the voice of Monica, and then obviously all of it is kind of speaking through the voice of Dan Salvato. I hope I'm saying his name right. Yeah. Um, he might so, be listening. Yeah. So the question is like, which layer <laughs> is, is there? A layer of sarcasm or like a layer of subversion there, and which part of it is really communicating with you? Yes. What is the game stance on this? It is hard to distinguish with that kind of layered and, and metatextual kind of storytelling mm-hmm. where it is sincere and where it is being hyperbolic, mm-hmm. I think. Um, did you guys think that this game was referencing I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream? Because oh my I gosh. got that a lot from Monica. Like, I felt like, you know... You guys have both read that story. Yeah, I remember. But, I mean, and, uh, I don't want to spoil that story for anyone out there who hasn't read it. Because okay. it's so okay, good. Okay, you know what? That's a good point. If you like this game or if you like the premise of this game, um, or maybe you listen to this podcast, you go play the game and you like it, uh, definitely go read I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. I kind of feel like Monica is channeling some of the like the authorial voice in that yeah, I I would like to say no matter who you are, you should maybe go and read "I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream." That is the short story that has left the biggest impression on me. It's it's the most unsettling thing I've ever read. So if you're really just trying to play <laughs> or read something that's unsettling, I would definitely go with that one. <laughs> but okay, well, if it is important not to spoil the story, I'll just say, did the, you guys get that vibe? When we were talking about the game beforehand, I said it reminded me of a book. And you said a short oh, story, and I was like, oh, okay. he thinks it's yes. I Have No Mouth and I but, Must But scream. I do get the House of Leaves. I, I get that. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a combo of the two in a way. Yeah, it is a little bit like postmodern. Yeah, definitely. Experimental postmodern kind of. But you would say without, I mean, I don't think it's spoiling to say, I imagine you think it compares to I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream in that there is a, an AI that essentially gains a god-level power yes. and uses it to manipulate other forces and seems to be specifically driven around 
controlling one relationship. Yes, but the difference is in that, and I have no mouth and I will scream, the AI has this power over what the reader is experiencing, right? But we kind of see it from the opposite perspective in this game, where it's like the author is the one with the power and they briefly vacation in this world where Monica being this AI can exert that control because she loves the player so much. Do you think this is like the an future? Inversion. Do you think like when we get full virtual reality and better AI, there'll be a game oh, where like I, I they know we're think, just visiting outsiders? I think so. I feel like like you remember in Westworld was it Altered Carbon? <laughs> Altered Carbon. We with watched the, the first episode. The hotel. There was like the hotel Oh, dude. with the butler. Oh, yeah. He's just like desperate to have someone stay at his hotel. He just wants to be hospitable to somebody because he was programmed that yes. way. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like all the other AIs are telling him, oh, this is in the other, in the next episode, but. Spoiler for episode he goes two. To, I've only seen up to episode two. <laughs> he, uh, he goes to a poker game with only AI players and the other AIs are telling the hotel guy like hey, you were programmed to desire that. Like, you don't need to have that. I don't know why you're obsessed with it still. Well, we do know why, but stop. And he's saying, no, I feel like my feelings about humans and wanting their approval are real. And I feel like that's Monica in a nutshell. I feel like that's not to get real weird. Everything. that all of us, too? Like, all our wants and desires are programmed to some extent by society. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and our, and our genes are desired to live and yeah. pass on. Well, stay tuned for Metal Gear Solid in the next episode because <laughs> we're going to get into that. Though just a maybe a potential future episode because I was just going to say Harlan Ellison was the author of I Have No Mouth mm-hmm. and I Must Scream just so you guys at home could find it easier. It's free online. Oh, didn't he make a video game about Yes, that's yes. exactly what I was about to say. There is oh, an mm-hmm. I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream video, video game. I would play it. I have not played that, but I, I feel like that's a that's an episode. It yeah. can't be more horrific than the story. Like, it just can't. What if it just is this game? Like, what if it's, like, almost exactly the same You download game? it, and it's just anime girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, by the way, like, did you guys feel like the the, the author did, like, a, a lot of work on the poetry yeah. in this game? More work than I did for my eighth grade poetry project. I'm telling you that. Yeah, because I felt like it didn't need to spend that much time on it, but a lot of them were kind of interesting. I think it too. I think that's what yeah. really sold the game was each player or each character's poetry, because that was a reflection of their feelings. And I love the fact that it is supposed to be your indicator for how into you the girl is. Yeah. But the fact that they put as much work into each of the poems to reflect yeah, their, their flaws and their feelings was really well done on the on the team Salvado's part. I think um, and I think I already went into how I thought I had never experienced that in a right. game where they use the character's art to, yeah, to convey you, you, something. Wait, Did so you, which poems spoke to you guys the most? Oh, I think we've, I already mentioned which one spoke to me the most. Um, well, you liked Sayori's? I lo- no, not Sayori's. You liked... Uh, I liked all of Natsuki's poems. Natsuki. I love like the simple, almost earnest Hemingway type of feel she, she of saying a lot ones. with a little. With one with very blatant symbolism. Yes, very blatant. I, I would blatant. say, even though the game kept telling me I clearly write like Yuri, <laughs> I felt insulted because I did not like any of her poems. <laughs> but I, I did like Sayori's that. poem about the bottle. Oh, you like Sayori? Yeah, Sayori's. Yeah. So why did you like Sayori's best? There's the bottle one specifically. Okay, I, I was really into Monika. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, and I have had a complicated relationship with poetry my entire life. Most of it I've spent just being like, ugh, poetry. 
But I've recently come around on it, and turns out I landed in free verse, which is a 360 or a 180 because I used to be very adamant that why even bother writing a poem unless it rhymes. <laughs> uh, but I'm getting it, and it's I read Monica. music, maybe. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I know. What I thought was really interesting about Monica's poetry was that if you look at, like, for example, the second poem on the first run through or first act, if we'll call it, we she's like saying like save me and writing and weird things like that apparently if you know my sources can be trusted the game engine is written in the programming code python and what she's doing there is eerily similar to how python is used in real life and the spacing and enters and everything like that so it looks like it's a first draft of her trying to change the world around her or maybe it's not even a first draft. Maybe it's like a millionth draft, but she's getting pretty close at this point. Oh my gosh. And if I start getting good enough at poetry, can I change the code of our lives? I think that would be a cool premise for maybe a one-off D&D campaign type thing. I but think it ended terribly for everyone in Doki Doki Literature yeah. Club, so maybe I shouldn't bother. Um, I have a question, since I feel like we're probably wrapping up pretty mm-hmm. soon. We talked about how if you like this game, you probably should go check out I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream and maybe House of Leaves. Uh, definitely I Have No Mouth. Yeah, definitely scream. the first one more than the second. House of Leaves is quite it's, good, but it's, a slog. It's, 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 it's very, slog. it's either very pretentious or brilliant and maybe both. But... I think it's neither, but a good, cool read. <sighs> I think it's definitely one of them. <laughs> um, so... Is what kind? What would you recommend to someone who you know they they play this game and they really like it? They want something kind of similar. Where would you tell them to go next? That's a tough question. I can't think of another. I, I guess it depends on what you liked about this game. Mm-hmm. Do you like that it's breaking the fourth wall? Do you want to look for other games that break the fourth wall? What's mm. the one? Where, like, God is telling you what to do the whole time. Oh, Shadow of the Colossus. No, that's not what I was thinking System of. System Shock 2. No, you guys. The Stanley Parable? Oh, oh Stanley Parable. Yes. I yeah, think the Stanley that. Parable Yeah, there, there's definitely this. similarities. Yeah, sure. yeah. Or are we looking for something that we has... way off beat we with <laughs> what Lindsay was going for. Really off. Or, 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 you know, is it that they like the flipping of the genre? Uh, that's a good question. I asked this question. You didn't have your own answer in your back pocket? No. Something a lawyer should never do. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it works out. (laughs) And then you're like, phew. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Well, I guess really games that kind of turn some things on their heads in a similar fashion to this. Um, Shadow of the Colossus, for one. Yeah, that is, that is, it plays on your expectations. Yes, although I would... But it's it's a different it's a, feel. But if that's what you're going for, if that's what you liked about this was the subversion of mm-hmm. the of yeah, expectations, yeah. really, then I guess Shadow of the Colossus, Bioshock 1 are good games to jump into. There is another thing with the meta, the meta stuff. Like, Undertale kind of does a little bit of that, mm-hmm. right? Because Undertale will permanently modify your save files so that, like, if you try to see different endings, they they kind of they they're not viewed in isolation. They'll comment on the fact that you've seen another ending. So it's kind true. of a little bit. It's another one too that kind of plays on your expectations of video game tropes, mm-hmm. specifically yeah. of that genre. So, any last thoughts on Doki Doki Literature Club? 
I thought it was a very interesting game. I enjoyed it. Um, I like weird experimental stuff like this. Um, so it really catered to my mood when I was playing it. Um, yeah, fun time. I'd give it a check out if you still are willing to play it after all of these spoilers. Chris, any thoughts? I liked it. Um, I, I, today I went back and looked at my Steam page and saw that it said three hours played and I felt like that was one third of how long it felt so I do think maybe it's a little bit slow but I think it's worth sticking through I was very skeptical about it and but I don't regret playing it at all and it's free I, yeah. I think kind of something I wanted to bring up I forgot to like it's it's it almost felt like I I got the feeling that the author only felt free to do all of this stuff this like very weird and daring stuff with this game because it's free and there's no yeah. expectations that need to be met or anything like that, there, which is a little sad to me. But Oh, I don't know. There should be some truth in advertising, though. Like, if I mm -hmm. downloaded a game where the description is like, come, date these girls, and then they all start... I know, and then they just hurt each other. Because the game also has, like, a tag at the beginning warning you that there's going to be some, like, graphic violence and themes... Uh, so I think immediately you would know, oh, I, yeah. and I will point out just to anyone who has played the game really likes it. In case you don't know, there is a fan pack on steam. I'm going to give this, this game some free advertising here, Okay. but it's like $10, I think. And you just get like a soundtrack and some art. Yeah. So I think it's essentially there to help show support for the creator. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, you know what? Yeah. Try the game. What do you have to lose? Three Other hours. Than three hours you can, which <laughs> or five. I'm not going to downplay that. It's, it's a lot. Well, five yeah. hours if people are doing voices for the characters oh, with well, you. We looked at the, the Game Grums playthrough today, and it's 35 33 episodes, episodes 33 yeah. 33 episodes because what they're voicing 10 the minutes whole thing. Each? About 12 to 16 yeah. minutes. Okay. That's a yeah. lot of minutes. So I some people have been telling me about dating sims and visual novels lately. There are more that play with form and, like, the structure and like the plot than you might expect like there it is a genre that has been subverted and like deconstructed it's i imagine cheaper and easier and quicker to make yeah than a lot of other genres of video game right yeah you need like a couple good pieces of art for each character and you're good yes plus there's like a uh preset soundtrack no 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 No, there are makers yeah there makers. are visual novel makers oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Not to downplay the amount of work that no, I put in no, this game. No, I'm just saying course, it doesn't take but... as much of a uh, as much of an investment. Yeah, still very valuable and important and and impressive investment. But it's a lower barrier to entry. Right, they're not making something that's like, oh, this is going to be Call of Duty, and then you get halfway through and it exactly. turns out to be like a survival horror or like a romance or like or Superman sixty four, a deconstruction of masculinity. Like, yeah, yeah, game. I mean, there are games that do that with those big genres, and they often get punished for it. Because, mm -hmm. well, because, you know, they cost 60 bucks or whatever, but... Yes. So I think it's very cool that this game's creator decided to use this genre to make a statement. I mean, you know, we have a podcast that talks about video game stories and what speaks to the power of it more than using video games as a storytelling platform to touch on sensitive topics and convey yeah. powerful messages. Yeah. Yeah. And challenging ones. And on that, I think we can call it a wrap. You guys can reach us at our social media. You can find us on both Twitter and Instagram at player versus plot. That's player vs plot. If you have any comments, 
hopefully all positive ones, or suggestions on games you'd like to see us do in the future, you can also hit us up at our email. That's playerversusplot at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you have anything bad to say, you can send it to... My personal email. <laughs> Oldjokes at gmail.com. <laughs> and join us next time on Player versus Plot. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next time. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Speaking of breaking the fourth wall, this conversation's in the wrong podcast episode. That's a good point. <laughs> I think we should just cut all of this. Just cut everything. Cut the you whole episode. You know what? Maybe we should re-record this episode. <laughs> what if we just delete it? We go full Monica. I'm just going to delete. I'm going to delete you guys. And okay. then bring in a player character and see how this goes. Hey everyone, welcome to Player vs. Pot. <laughs> Player vs. Pot. What's up, Plotheads? <laughs> this is... This is why you're not allowed to do it. This is why it's a lynch job. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Player vs. Pot, the podcast where we take video game stories seriously. I'm Sterling. See how it was done? I'm your host. <laughs> Sterling Wiser. Do you want to try again? Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to Player vs. Plot, the podcast where we take video game stories seriously. I'm your host this week, Sterling. And I'm not your host, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's just Sterling. Chris and I are here along Sterling's for the ride. Sterling's gonna delete us. Whoops. <laughs> 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 Well, you're going to have to change the files up a bit on this one. That's a good tag. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Player vs. Pot. The... Don't give me that look. I just looked at you with my regular face. I, I'm sorry. Okay. Serious mode. We're ten minutes in. That's okay. It's okay. I just hey. want him to know his failure. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to Player vs. Plot. The video game podcast where we take... Fuck. Fuck. That's Fuck. Lindsay's fault. What did, wait, what did he do? What did he do? Welcome <laughs> to Player vs. Plot. The video game podcast. What's wrong with that? It's just funny. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. I'm just closing my eyes. Okay.